0: How was your birthday? You know what? I I I woke up. That's good. Um far earlier than I usually do as well. Um but I, I it was a curse. I woke up early and also didn't sleep. Oh. And I had a big long day planned and I was done by like 2 p.m. I, <laughs> I hit max tired. Oh, great. Wow. However, I didn't get more tired after that. I just kind of coasted that level of tiredness and got through my entire day Good. pretty happily. It was nice.
1: Do you feel the weather has an impact? I know this is very Scottish to be complaining about how hot it is, but is that making a difference? Because it definitely affects me. <laughs> I get sleepier when it's
0: yeah. hot, and then I don't sleep Fair when enough. it's hot. So it's the horrible, it's the, it's the double combo.
1: But you did streaming and stuff, and it was long and consistent? Yeah, breakfast with family, and then
0: 12 hours stream just to... <laughs> Play games with friends. The de-stress, and, yeah, just chill from the just, breakfast. de-stress from, from breakfast. No, it was the breakfast was nice, and then it, it, that was like the motivator for getting up in the morning. And I I would have been way later to everything else if it wasn't for that. But no, it's cool. Just like I'm glad to hear it because because when you got people online that you're friends with and you play games with and they're and they they live on all different comp comp uh, comp comp they live on lots of compliments compliments that's what sustains i live them. on the compliments sorry i was thinking of me so do i um <laughs> they live on all the different continents you gotta you gotta like extend are they in country at different times of day so it turned out that having a very long stream just it worked <laughs> it made good sense oh good i caught i caught some time with everyone it was nice. nice however one of my one of my friends might kill me a wee bit and they don't they they just don't know oh. yet that they might kill me a wee bit because oh, all right I I Why? used a clip of them singing Happy Birthday as like a clip that people could play on the stream every now and then to just to have Happy Birthday sang to me and I didn't really ask permission nice I said hey I'm gonna do this and they said ha ha and then I ha ha go I, for it they just said ha ha they didn't oh, sing oh, just it. a ha ha
1: so th- oh yeah I'm not really sure that counts as consent yeah they thought I was joking maybe. But then I did it. <laughs> uh, are they? Have they seen it? Are they yet to see I it? I tried to tell them.
0: I well, they haven't killed me yet, so okay, they're waiting, biding their time. Yeah, I'm. I'm unsure if they know or not, but I'm ready. <sighs> I'm ready to die now. I've done it. How does it
1: feel being 31? It's a bit of a meh age, to be honest. Not much happens.
0: Yeah, no, I think honestly, all the ages since 25 have felt very meh. I think 25 was the last one that was like, oh, okay. that's a real number. Not 30. Like even 30, I was just like. I'd, been, I'd spent so long since 25 feeling like I was 30 that 30 was just like, yeah. <laughs> I've already been this for five years. <laughs> Just living as a 30-year-old man in the middle of your 20s. Yeah, no, I get that. That's what, you, that's what you do, right? As soon as you're nearer 30 than 20, you're like, oh, no, I'm 30. <laughs> then when you are, you're oh, <laughs> For oh, me, cool. I still
1: felt like I was a student up until a, probably once the pandemic settled. I'm using my air quotes. Because what? I was getting to the point where, yeah, when I say settled, uh, it's not a terrible word. After like a year of the, the pandemic, I finally felt like an adult. Well, no, when you say settled in two, like you mean like last Ed, year? Like, Taylor. T- t- end 21, yeah, end of 21, start of 22, I kind of felt like I transitioned into <laughs> adult because, you know, relationships had moved okay. on and the friendship group was very settled and ah, I was very good with where good. I was, okay. whereas in the early stages of COVID, and I know that everybody was doing yeah, this, yeah, yeah. sorry, I'll rephrase, very few people were doing this, but some people more than me were also doing it, having dinner at like half 10 at night or maybe 11 at night and that just became the norm again during that weird time where everyone was just inside. Ah. And I still felt like, yeah, I've just been doing this since I was a student. I got into the habit of having dinner really, really late. And here I am, 10 years later, still doing the same thing. And it was only after that, and even in the last few months, that myself and Graham have started like, going to bed at a reasonable time and not just... Staying up until two, half two, three, because you know why not? Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, oh, it's oh, it's after eleven. We should probably yeah. get ready. Mm. Look at me being an adult. Well, I guess if you've got, yeah, if you've got work in the morning. I mean, even yeah. on, even on like weekends, sometimes it's like, oh, especially on a Saturday. No,
0: I, okay. like if it's
1: if both of us have had a long week and it's after eleven, I'm like, oh man, I think I might go to bed. Nah, that's just healthy.
0: The best thing for a sleep schedule is like consistency. Consistency. All week. Compliments. So that like the weekend lag, yeah, compliments. <laughs> <laughs> All week. Please. Uh the weekend lag where you like people go to bed three, four hours late, later than the other days, that's not that's not good. So well for done sure. you for just like sticking to the earlies. What I'm saying is I definitely go to sleep at like three or four AM, but I do that every day. And Yeah, and I don't have work in the morning. I mean, yeah, yeah but your yeah, routine yeah.
1: <laughs> is very different to mine. And that's been the case for years. Well, i got work in my morning at 2 p.m., yes. <laughs> but but work at the moment starts in the afternoon? Yeah. Right, exactly. For those of you who are unaware of the schedule, we typically record this lunchtime, late lunchtime, by which point I've been up and doing stuff and you've probably been awake for a few hours. W- one and a half.
0: If, oh, right now, because <laughs> nice. I'm a little bit later than usual right now. I like to wake up at noon. Really that's like my peak wake up time because then okay it my go my go to bedtime is like
1: it's still like four four am it's still pretty late, but I know this is like this is predicting the future but right. do you think you will ever have a nine to five <laughs> job? I don't think i I think I'd get fired very quickly. I think I would oversleep <laughs> two
0: times in the first week and be fired immediately, nice. and so no,
1: I was reading an article on Vox this week, which was talking about the employed unemployed and it's basically the people in these giant corporations whose managers or middle managers have been sacked and then they're reporting to somebody but that somebody does not know that they exist and so these people are just floating through these either it's an office or it's a virtual office and obviously vox has anonymized all their names but there's some of them who are like, yeah, uh, the the company think I'm in Kentucky, but I'm actually in uh, Norwich, <laughs> and I've been I've just been doing this for the last 18 months. No one's ever questioned my work or whatever. I maybe log on for maybe half an hour a day, send some emails, and that's it. Yeah, nobody ever follows up. Yeah. No one ever checks in, and uh, that's me, Austin. Yeah. yeah, that's why that could wait
0: for you. Whenever you hear about cor- corporations like firing middle management, it's hilarious because you know that. All it's going to do is make an entire department invisible suddenly, and therefore <laughs> just
1: coast. And that's it. Nobody takes over. Yeah. What was so interesting about that article was, essentially the takeaway was, this is not the fault of the people who are doing nothing. This is the fault of the management.
0: No, no. Yeah, they fired middle management. They didn't set up a, a system to like actually manage anything that they'd freed up. Uh-huh. Of course, it's just cost saving. It's one of those things where corporations just want to do some cost saving and do it really stupidly. And it's really funny. I love hearing the stories of people who have just been logging into their work at nine a.m. doing nothing all day, logging back out at five, <laughs> and they just get to exist a happy life. Because you know what? Life is short. You should do that. Just enjoy your life as best you can. If you get the chance to scam some rich corporation out of its money, do it. Absolutely. It is the one thing. Especially if they're if your contract's just like, yeah, just do your work. Yep. <laughs>
1: Make it up. It's do it. It's the one thing which did cross my mind and has crossed my mind before, which is, at the moment, with my actual contract with Pink Elephant, we are a team of three full-time employees, soon to be four full-time employees, and about half a dozen freelancers. Okay. But the the, the very survival of the business depends on me actually doing s- some hard graft. Because I care about the work, very passionate about what I do, really love the training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, I, you know, I will go above and beyond very often but then it does make me think i could just find one of these you know work from home comms jobs go for like an assistant communications executive and just do absolutely sweet fa at home in the morning but then that would would that make me a bad person like probably a little bit no no whereas now i work really hard and i really enjoy it but I, i do run myself ragged nah 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 like doing minimal
0: work And surviving, it doesn't make you a bad person. That stuff is like the propaganda that's being bashed into us our entire lives of like, be a good, diligent worker because that's your purpose for existing.
1: Did did I ever tell you the story of when I went for a job with STV News as a reporter? I was yet to be employed in the newsroom. And they asked me the question in the job interview, what's your biggest weakness? And I said, (laughs) well, sometimes if I pitch a story to the editor and I don't get it, I will just browse YouTube all day. And that, and that was my answer and I genuinely thought they wanted to know I was like well look I was just being honest no did not know it was like, a trick question oh boy I work way too hard
0: sometimes sometimes I just don't know why to stop working for free I'm a perfectionist <laughs> yeah 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 what's your biggest problem sometimes I just like give you the, the money back you you pay me I, I just accidentally give it right back
1: <laughs> you want to give me a tip no it's fine let's put it towards charity uh, no that's what makes me a, a, a weak person a good,
0: a good, yeah so no, like if you've got a job that you like and it inspires you and you're sure. proud of it and all of that, go ahead. Again, it's completely valid. Don't burn yourself out. Not worth it. Never worth it. I have reeled it back a little bit. Be proud of that work and do do a healthy amount of that work that makes you happy to do, you know, because that's a different form of like getting a, ha- a good job. Existence, a meaningful existence. But if your job isn't really that inspiring, or if you'd like a job that isn't, and you'd like to just do a couple of emails and get paid to merely exist for and be dependably there, maybe, even if you're not getting asked to do very much, that's totally valid too and not a bad job. Right. That's all really good. Like, sure. I'm in the privileged position where I don't do very many hours of work a day, I get paid enough to afford a comfortable life. For now, until inflation goes crazy, which it is. Um,
1: and to advertise a podcast.
0: Yeah. And because of that, I've got the perspective of being lazy and just enjoying life now, when you are in your, like, save up for your pension and retirement age. It's really good. I don't know why it's not just the thing we're taught to do. Sure. Like, it should be the default. is just doing the, the happiest, most relaxed B- life because now. Because
1: this society... It's going to collapse, James, if we don't just burn ourselves to the ground true, with our work. Come on, true, it will. I, <laughs> I did actually see on my uh, our mortgage <laughs> application fund for our new house that my retirement date is due to be twenty sixty, mm-hmm. which is disgusting. It's James uh, was twenty sixty five. Yeah, and that's like. We we're taught, do
0: all that, retire when you're super old and live luxury for, like, whatever years you've got left, which when you're in the lower classes is obviously not much. 18 months. And then when you're up upper classes, you've retired anyway. So, like, we're just punishing poor people. Sure. Um, But no, like, it's just such a backwards way of, 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 of living and it's a backwards way of reality. And it wouldn't be the case that we had to do this. It would be more optional if it wasn't for the changes that were made to the economy and the tax system in the 80s and onwards. Um, uh-huh. And if it wasn't previously due to over-industrialization, if it wasn't previously due to having a feudal system, and all of those things where <laughs> we're constantly getting stamped down on by the people who control the system. But please, please, everybody, live comfortably.
1: <laughs> just uh, I, just chill. I'm impressed with how quickly, sorry, we got from your birthday to capitalism. I know! Must be a record. I know! It's gotta be. And I remembered your birthday at one minute past midnight, by the you way. Did. You did. Were, you were very quick. I totally didn't set an alarm to remind me. For that one year I forgot. Optimistically, <laughs> the future's
0: looking different, okay? One, you're remembering my birthday now. I'm remembering yours now. Huge change for us. True. But two, with the changes that are coming with technology and all of that, society is going to have to adapt. So there's another chance. Which we will get into. Yeah, there is one more chance, again, coming up to kind of like change things for the better for people rather than for the better for rich people and corporations. But
1: but before we actually get into the show proper, I do want to very briefly mention, did you see this week, James, that Saudi Arabia have announced they are going to cut their production of oil by, I think, 100 million barrels a day or maybe it's a week because Ah. oil prices are too low. And they want to put yeah, them up. Yeah,
0: they're going to make some fake scarcity. Oh, so
1: everybody, go fill up your cars right now because those wow. fuel pump prices are going to go back up again. Because the rich people decided, hmm, we're not making enough money out of this oil anymore. Let's let's cut the production and ramp the the price up again. So just to warn you, people are terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the whole thing. It's like it's so. Remind you, like the, 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 almost the entire
0: capitalist system is based around faking the scarcity food greed it's all fake scarcity there's so much food we could be feeding the entire world easy peasy although and cheaply
1: but we're making all look scarce so it stays a little bit expensive sorry again just to throw in the more bad news i was reading and learning this week about the uh theory of the nuclear winter do you know this? All right, yeah, 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 nuclear winter, yes. I, I did not know this. This is basically this. Have you
0: never seen such classic films as. Oh, wait, I forget <laughs> such classics films. The ones that Viggo Mortensen was in a nuclear winter. Lord of the Rings. Kid. Do
1: you mean The Road? Ah. Uh, the road. I was going to say long road. I knew that was wrong. <laughs> mm. It's a different movie. Uh, no, so for those of you who are unaware, nuclear winter is this theory that if there is a nuclear war, yeah. there will be so much dust yeah. and debris thrown up by the explosions yeah. that it will blot out the sun a little. for yeah. months. <laughs> yeah, a little. For months so that crop yields will fail across the world and all this like dust will get trapped in the ozone layer. Everything gets cold, And hey? so the... Yeah, the temperature of the earth will become a plummets by up to 11 degrees. Yeah. Uh, all the food fails and then society collapses. So nuclear winter. Yeah. Look forward to that. Coming soon. So move to the middle of your very
0: important strategically bombable cities so that when <laughs> nuclear war happens, you get bombed <laughs> instead of dying in nuclear winter afterwards.
1: Well, the, the idea is in, if they can just hold off the nuclear war for 19 days, myself and Graham will be in our, our detached house so we'll be able to defend ourselves more readily. Whereas now, oh yeah, but then you'll die in a nuclear winter. No, but we're Larbert. Russia's not going to bomb Larbert. Yeah, yeah, but nuclear winter is global. <laughs> that that is true. That is true. So and Larbert is a part of the globe. <laughs> well, you're telling me it's a world of its own. It's paradise. Yeah, no. So I stay in the city. I get bombed.
0: I disintegrate in zero seconds. I don't even notice it happened. Yep. You suffer for days and days and days and days and days and, days and then you die. <laughs> I'm taking disintegration.
1: You are closer to the Faslay naval base than I am. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're going to nuke anything, it's probably that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I do fear for the people who are further up north than, than Larbert, because they will have even more of this, like, apocalyptic suffering to troll through yeah
0: you might still get the fallout they might not even get the fallout they just have to actually just starve to death slowly over a day like, everyone few would years. just
1: everyone would just run or drive to the far north and everyone in the a9 you just get stuck you would get stuck in miles and miles of traffic and then you think all right we're just gonna have to do a Vigo Mortensen and put the bags on yeah, our yeah, back yeah. and walk and you just end up walking to Altona Bragg all
0: of those old films based around these like scenarios they've been they've been thought through pretty well they're kind of realistic Absolutely. society yeah. does not do well with society. Systemic changes like nuclear
1: winter. (laughs) Well I'm glad we have ticked that one off the bucket list. Happy birthday to you. What
0: is this intro?
1: (laughs) no idea. Seesaw parade, episode three. Is this the final episode recording from your house? Four. It's the final episode from the flat, yes. And actually the final Yeah, flat, sorry.
0: Closet. The last closet. Unless
1: there are any unforeseen circumstances, which means that the house sale slash house purchase, I should say, falls through, or uh-huh. if I suddenly l- lose my job and everything, this will be the last podcast I ever do recorded in a flat. Uh, well, After unless we do more live recording. Houses. Unless, yeah, well, I yeah, probably should do that. I might host that. Okay, a house that I am living in. This is the last one ever, folks, so treasure it. Treasure it. This is, well, actually, Hold it will a deer. Be the, this is the final ever closet episode. Correct. Hold it dear as if it's a possession that you are clinging on to after the Hug fallout. Hug your phone.
0: Hug your phone right
1: now. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to whatever this show has become. We've depressed you all already. I'm sorry. The fallout of what used to be... An award-winning Scottish entertainment podcast talking about news and politics and sport. Maybe
0: turning 31 did make me just more
1: cynical based off of this intro. Maybe it has. I think the older you get, the more cynical you become. You know, the world is less... Of a beautiful place, I do admire the uh, naivety, the innocence of, let's say, my my nephews or, or nieces who everything is just wonderful. They'll pick up a stick and they'll say, "Oh, look, it's a it's a it's a magic stick, or it's a sword, or it's a it's a gun." And then you know, ten years later, you think, "Mate, that's a, it's a stick." Put it down. You're far too old to be playing with children. Boring. So I uh, uh, I appreciate y- No, but I, get it, I really admire that. Because when you're just an adult, it's like, all right, no, this pointless. I can play along. Do, do I need to send these emails today? Is the world going to be a better place? Because I've sent these emails to this person at five past five. No, it can wait. I think there's a beauty in embracing
0: the fact that we are too insignificant to make fundamental change to the world. And therefore, we can kind of exist focusing mostly on what we think is the best for us. Sure. So long as it's not harming anyone else. That's that's freedom.
1: Do you know what? Actually, that is something I was thinking about the other, other day because I was, I can't remember how I got onto it, was talking about the, the, what impact you will leave on the planet. And I was thinking about, let's say, my mother's grandparents. Right. I have no idea who they were, what their names were, what they did, right, uh, what their impact was. And eventually, everyone in this planet who knew who those people were, were also, will also die. Yeah. And then what? Then what's left of their impact? Nothing. So then I thought, all right, what about me? Well, I ain't having any kids, so that leaves, like, uh, siblings, <laughs> <laughs> friends. You're not even going to leave, like, your blood. You're not even going to leave a blood trail. Right. So essentially, the long story short was, the imp- unless I become some sort of... A one in a million. ...come up with a genius idea that saves the world, I, found, I figured out how to make money from capturing carbon. Right. I'm just going to be a guy who recorded podcasts and some kind of <laughs> mediocre d- music... <laughs> that meant something to me and a few other people, and then eventually it'll just yeah. be completely forgotten about. There's freedom in that. And, and no one will even know I existed. There's freedom in that. And actually, that. that was a really yeah. lovely thought. It's, I actually really like that idea. <laughs> in a idea. weird way. As much as it's, like, it's painful, the idea
0: of not existing anymore and being forgotten, it's also very freeing to know that in 200 years, people are not going to look back and be like, Remember that cringe moment? <laughs> Do you
1: remember that time? <laughs> what, an, what an idiot! <laughs> Do you remember when he did that? That was so embarrassing. <laughs>
0: And and I'm also not going to be judged for like destroying the planet. Also true. Maybe people will look back and be like, millennials as a whole didn't quite get it. They were idiots just like the previous generations. Because that's going to be the looping history forever. We're going to be in in groups of people that are remembered for failing different things. But individual failures and successes, they're not big enough to be remembered forever. I'd rather that than taking the risk of being like put down in history is like, the problem. You get like you get some major catastrophe named after me. No thank you.
1: <laughs> yes, we all remember the Jamesenberg. That was, wow. <laughs> that was one of the worst atrocities to ever hit the West End. Yeah, you're right, because there will be, and there are those generations of people who are, oh, this is the very last survivor from the Battle of the Somme, or this is the last family who ever made it on the titanic oh and here's colin he's a member of the generation who remembers bebo oh boy i've watched that show i tried to find my my uh band uh band with a d sorry band with a d musical band what? i tried to find my musical band bebo the other day but sadly the site is just it's vanished it's gone no 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 it's very sad unusable, about that
0: unusable gone
1: anyway they can't relive the old
0: Sadness. We gotta make a new sadness.
1: Welcome to this uh, existential crisis known as seesaw parade. Thank you very much for being here. Really, really appreciate it. And thank you for everybody who Actually,
0: very much got do, yeah. in
1: touch. I, I know. I'm. Yeah, we're being very, uh, very philosophical and looking at the big picture in the opening uh, light and fluffy intro. But our brains are just. so huge, Colin. They are. They are. It's among many things which are enormous. People come
0: to the podcast, they're like, oh, are they going to talk about biscuits today? Something cute like that? And we're like, no, nuclear winter. We're enlightened.
1: The pointlessness of life. Absolutely. But no, I genuinely, this is one of the joys of my existence, as fleeting as it is. Yeah. And I trust it is as enjoyable for you, the listener. And thank you for those of you who have got in touch at Seasoprate on Twitter, or you can just get in touch generally with with us on the phones or on you know send us a, a PO box. We should number. we should get a PO box. You know, it's a hundred quid. Yeah, you know, I can afford that. It, it is, yeah. And ceaseoperate at gmail.com if you have anything longer form. Also had some more feedback to right, okay, uh, the other yeah, podcast yeah. I did. So if you're yet to go and listen to that, I'm, 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 I'm again going to punt you over there. It's the Strongman yeah, yeah, podcast yeah. by uh-huh. my brother. Yeah. And we did talk about similar ish sad issues, but it was oh, in like an unli- uplifting way, but still sad, not hypothetical sad <laughs> no this this was this was very much the um the real real sad <laughs> concrete sad, yes, and the joys of worm theology, so if that's right up your street, oh go listen to it and come back to hear us talk about Philip schofield hey mm. ah. Okay, this is the news that Philip Schofield has lost his job as the presenter of This Morning, which is one of the best-known British daytime TV programs. He's been there for, something like 20 years? Uh, Yep, and this is the end, because Mr. Schofield, it turns out, had had an affair with a 20-year-old male colleague. And essentially, what happened was so. Here's my understanding of the timeline, because okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some insider information, people. I thought this was common knowledge. I thought everybody knew that Schofield and this runner had had a thing. It turns out, no, just the media gays knew about it because this <laughs> this person had talked to his friends, right. and all the other media gays were like, "Oh, scandal." I wouldn't say. Oh, who's? Oh, I wouldn't say nobody
0: knew. Right. Okay. But, because so the, the, I thought. <laughs> this was a story a while ago, but So did I.
1: The story a while ago was just Schofield coming out, right? So this is what happened in the in the real timeline of events. About okay. eighteen months, maybe two years ago, Philip Schofield uh, came out on TV. So this person who had the wife, couple of kids, uh, decided that actually know now was the time, and so he announced on TV, actually, I... I declared the world, blah, blah,
0: blah. We probably talked I about I am it.
1: gay. He is out of the, the recording closet. Mm-hmm. And then... Over the last few months, there have been some murmurings of of toxicity and disgruntledness and unhappiness at this morning on this hit daytime TV show with Phil and Holly, Mm -hmm. his co-presenter Holly Willoughby. And then last week... Sure enough, there was this announcement that Philip Schofield, suddenly, after these weeks and weeks of uh, discontentment and d- disgruntledness, he was leaving. He was going to leave this morning, but he was going to go and do some other shows instead. And it was the end of an era, and everyone was very pleased oh, weep, for him. Oh,
0: sad, sad, cry, cry,
1: happy, happy. And cry, then, cry, suddenly, happy, it was like, oh, hold on a second... I think there's more to this, and sure enough, uh, this bombshell was was released that uh, alleged that Mr. Schofield, who is 61, had had an affair with... This uh, runner, who was 20 at the time. Right. And then they found, actually, they'd been speaking to each other since the boy was 15. Sorry, the man was a 15-year-old boy. Because Philip Schofield went to yeah, his they drama know school. they've each
0: other since then. Yeah, there was like... Which
1: is a, a pretty bad
0: look. He funded the school or something, blah, blah, blah. Met, met oh, there, blah, opened blah, an envelope, blah. It's a bad look.
1: Followed him on Twitter. And then, five years later, here and we I are. And f- I've also followed another Twitter... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then, to bring us up to speed, uh, Phil then was removed from every ITV show. He was dropped by his talent agency. Uh, He was disowned by a lot of people. Eamon Holmes was very, very angry and said and tweeted lots of things. There were tell-all interviews done by uh, former colleagues, by people who just had a moan to want to deliver. And then he did a sit-down interview. Philip Schofield did a sit-down interview with the BBC and The Sun in which he put forward his version of events. And what he basically summarized it as was, I was totally in the wrong, I'm very sorry, and I'm never going to work again. Early retirement.
0: James. He's got, he's got enough money think? to exist forever. What do I think? I think it's very telling that the best defense he has is that it wasn't illegal. <laughs> right. I, think, I yep. think you know that something is very much... Wrong, and obviously something to be guilty of. If the best you can say is "Oh no, 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 I'm not going to jail," at least it wasn't illegal. Yeah, like he's cl- that's my defense. The fact he's having to clarify that you know on the air is like on like having to say blah blah blah. It wasn't illegal though. It's it's he knew it was wrong and of all of that. But people people do things that they know is wrong all the time. He's out of TV. I hope he is right about staying out you know and he, he doesn't try to he won't i don't believe he will i think he'll find some way back in um but i i i like i hope he just stays away because people that do these kinds of things a breach of trust on so many levels and manipulating someone in a a less significant, less powerful position needs to be out. Because it doesn't matter if it wasn't illegal. There is no way there isn't an element of power play here.
1: So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about, which was he denied being a groomer. Yeah. Which... If, if you're unfamiliar with this phrase, would be essentially, as you've alluded to there, James, Philip Schofield being one of the most well-known celebrities in the UK with this powerful position of being the host of one of the most popular TV shows. And suddenly there's a runner there and he thinks, hmm. Runner, yeah. You know what? Yes, I could I could potentially use this my position of power over this person, uh, build up that trust, and then um, essentially abuse that trust. So that's what he was accused of. And he said, no, no, absolutely nonsense. not true. Um, But the fact is, if this was, let's say if this was a 15-year-old girl that he first met and there was a picture of her as a 15-year-old girl and then she was...
0: Like five years later, flash forward, there's been an affair.
1: Yeah. It would be, again, very similar. Well, it's essentially the same thing except with a heterosexual relationship. And I'm sure he would still have the same questions, if not worse. Yeah, yeah. I think since he already did the thing a year and
0: a half ago where he came out, to make headlines and dodge this story being a thing, sure, um, it's pretty obvious that for a long time he's known this. This wasn't just like two innocent people casually like having, at worst, an affair, right? He knows and knew that there was something to be hiding and that there was something to be uh, ashamed of beyond just I'm cheating on on family, which obvi- or, or wife, which obviously is bad enough. But these days, probably not, you get fired from your TV spot over 100% of the time. Uh, I think, I think, as it's the same, it's the same point again. He came out and he's, a, he's, he's, he's having to clarify so hard this isn't illegal. I, I'm not grooming, blah, blah, blah. That it's like, it's the smoke. There's got to be, there's got to be fire. And, and in his position of very famous, very experienced TV person, he knows there is no, there is a no relationship with a runner that is ethical. No, he, maybe he didn't like actively do any child grooming, deliberate anything, leading someone on, building them up into someone who's fallen in love. But there is no way to have this
1: this power imbalance ethically in that workplace. There was there was one thing. So, sorry, there was one thing that Philip did say that I somewhat agreed with, okay. and he said there had been an element of homophobia within the coverage because he said if this were a an affair between him and a woman, it wouldn't have led to him doing tearful televised interviews with the BBC and then him quitting but because it was a a, a gay relationship there was something that was seen about about this that was wrong Mm. and the example that was given by a commentator was the fact that Al Pacino this week have you seen this 83 Um, has just fathered a child with a 29 year old which is yeah something yeah and that's that's almost like a wink wink well done him that's impressive uh, yeah there has been some like so so I, I don't entirely agree with that but I do understand where
0: he's coming from yeah I get the the ground the ground level of that point there is still stigma towards uh homosexual relationships in celebrity circles and they get more of a deal made out of them blah 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 whereas there is still in some circles this praise of the old the old grandpa is still pulling them young beautiful women which is obviously exactly as problematic because you can't have that it's the same you can't have those 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 imbalances in terms of um power completely ethically and easily and it is also creepy when someone isn't uh, attracted to people their their own age it just is weird like biologically it's weird we're supposed to grow up
1: i mean it's a it's a big age gap
0: We're supposed to grow up and fill different roles as we age. And one of those roles is not having the children anymore with the young people anymore. Like that's just our role in society has shifted to a different place. So he's right. But then also, that's not why this is in the headlines. He's not in the headlines because it was a, a homosexual affair. He's in the headlines because it was a kid, maybe a young man. Or oh, sorry, a young man, maybe a kid. Sorry, I did that the wrong way around. Um, he's, in the, he's in the headlines because of the power imbalance. He's not in the headlines just because it's homosexual. And maybe, because this is the part of the ground level, maybe he has seen some reporting that's been like, extra scandal
1: because it's gay. But I haven't seen that, to be honest. He also talked about the fact that his career is over. And it's also something I disagree with, because the British public are very forgiving. And I'm sure... Yep within a couple of years he'll be back he'll be doing something he might not be working with holy willy oh, and
0: and fans these days But no he's
1: uh he'll be back
0: fans these days with their like as we see in politics celebrities sports fans with their 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 imprinting on the people they like because we've got so much closer attention through things like instagram snapchat people feel much more connected they are very forgiving. He's still got a fan base. They have not moved on just because of this. And I can guarantee
1: it. OK, before we, we move on and talk about AI, I do want to talk about ITV. So this is the, the channel <laughs> which the program was hosted on. Executives there have defended their duty of care to staff. Uh, after this furore over, over Philip Schofield's affair, uh, there's been, as we talked about there, allegations of a toxic culture at the programme. And uh, they've then defended their duty of care, saying that actually they were unaware of this affair and that when both Philip and the runner were questioned or, or they were asked directly about the affair, they both denied it. So t- to me, it's it does seem awfully naive to think, all right, well, they both said no. So, yep, I believe them. Yeah. Even if all the other evidence pointed to, well, hold on a second, that runner is spending an awful lot of time in Philip's dressing room. Right. And reading between the lines, rather than all right, well he said no, so therefore it's fine, let's just look the other way.
0: Right. I I I don't think it's surprising though. And that's to, where trust comes into it. Yeah. I don't think it's surprising though to know that some British institution is just doing their their the, the bare necessities, you know, just barely asking the questions, accepting answers, no investigation, no nothing. I think that's just I don't know. That's, that's how our system works, right? We just—if you've got power, you don't really get asked questions. Still, which is a problem. So that wasn't really the best follow-up to what you said. I, <laughs> I got
1: hooked on it. In it was something. For me, the final piece of all this was, and it's a very <laughs> difficult subject. So I want to give people an advance warning: we are about to talk about suicide. Okay. Did you see in the clip him itself? Philip Schofield started by saying when he was asked by uh, Amal Rajan, who did the interview how are you feeling? And Philip was, his one of his opening senses was, I think I now understand how Caroline Flack felt. Oh. And for those of you who need the, the, the reference, Caroline Flack was similarly British celeb who mm-hmm. took her own life a couple of years ago because she had been arrested or either charged or arrested with uh, assaulting her partner. And of course that was given so much coverage by the tabloids, by press, by social media. And yeah, and then she, she took her own life. Right. So that comment got a lot of blowback. But some people were saying, well, I mean, yeah, I can see why. You know, give this guy a break. He clearly has been through the ringer. He knows what he's, he did was wrong. Let's leave him alone. Yeah. And other people who were saying, well, hold on a second. You're what invoking the name of, of someone who in a completely different situation uh, did something which they were clearly feeling was the only way out because of their mental health. And that's where... What, you're going to mention that? You're going to bring that up? Yeah, so no, uh, yeah. That was a, a difficult one for me. I didn't really know how to feel about it. No, I don't like that. I think
0: that's slimy. I, I think that's a slimy way to uh, state that you have been feeling suicidal. Because, um, honestly, you can just say S- that. Sure,
1: because <laughs> I think there's, there's different ways of... There's other ways of explaining it like that without having to bring that uh, up. Yeah, and
0: ways that just... Only focus on you the person who did wrong things right now rather than kind of like bringing up somebody else and trying to like make people think of them and all the sympathy and the feelings that they had about that as well you know I think I think that was a deliberate answer there's that wasn't just like unplanned no way i, I, I like I, and I'm saying no way blah 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 I'm being hyperbolic it's just it feels so fake and slimy of an answer that I just don't like it at all okay like I'm not trying to imply he's not feeling suicidal that absolutely valid true yeah for anyone at any time could be the case um, but the the way he has stated it unacceptable
1: absolutely fair enough okay let's move on we started the show by talking about existential crises. so here's another one yeah artificial intelligence could lead to the extinction of the human race that is according I think I saw that to that film
0: i think i've seen that film too uh the long Terminator. Right?
1: yeah i think i've seen the sequel <laughs> Yeah, experts, including the heads of OpenAI and Google DeepMind, have written a statement supported by dozens of their colleagues published on the webpage of the Center for AI Safety. And here's the statement. This is all it is, 22 words. Mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority yep. alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. Yeah. That's it. That's the statement. Yeah. So we had... Sam Altman, who is the chief exec of the creator of Chat GPT, mm-hmm. we had Demis Hassabis, who's the chief exec of Google DeepMind, right, and Dario Amodi from Anth- Anthropic. Anthropic. Anthropic? Anthro- Anthropic. Anthropic. Thank you. They've all supported that statement. So yeah. the reasons why they're su- suggesting this may be the case is AI being weaponized, for example, yes. building chemical weapons, yeah. uh, generating misinformation to destabilize society, yeah. and the power of AI could increasingly become concentrated in fewer and fewer hands, Yes, as well as this final one, which is the most, uh, I think the one we've seen the closest to in Hollywood movies, enfeeblement. Which is where humans become dependent on AI. Yeah. Similar to uh to Wall E in Pixar. So oh, right, yeah. what do we what do you make of this, first of all? The fact that we actually have it's creators true. of artificial intelligence saying this could lead to our own extinction and we need to do something.
0: Yeah. It's kinda of like any any other big scary technological thing. It's like if if this falls in the wrong hands, the world's like people we made nukes, right? If they fall in the wrong hands, the world could be over. Blah blah blah. <laughs> It's but but it's it's, it's much more accessible because it is just big computers make this you know if you if you're good enough at at, at AI and you got a big enough computer you could have a very good one um if it has been like one when a few more generations of the of the technology so yeah like it's it's as valid as any other time we've been scared of new technology and yes. Uh, we need the good guys. This is in quotes because it's mostly just corporations, which obviously aren't really that good. But we need the good guys to stay ahead of the bad guys, and and in, in like dealing with the tech as it is developed, and uh, dealing with the, the the possible weaknesses of the tech, or or the possible weaknesses of how we respond to it. But yeah, like AI is a bit scary when you see, like, even just if you watch it. There's a there's some examples of, of AI being creative already in, in, in solving problems. Okay. And it is kinda scary because there's things like AI gets taught how to play hide and seek in a 3D space in a game and they, they 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 just get taught the rules and they teach themselves how to play it and then watching their solutions being A little bit inhuman is a bit scary because they don't really think like we do. They come up with different ways to solve problems. Sure. Um, So when you're trying to make brains that are better than human brains and then brains also that are controlled by us... It seems a bit scary because we've got to—we're making things that are smarter than us. But we all want them to—we want to also have made perfect rules to make those brains not do anything bad to us. But yeah, so we they, can
1: still have control.
0: Yeah, but how do you control something if it's smarter than you? It's going to think of loopholes in your rules before
1: you do. Right. So a couple of points. Because first of all, if you are yet to use Chat GPT give it a shot, just so you have a, a an idea of what we're, we're doing here. And to give you a, a very flippant example, myself and Graham went to Barassi Beach on Sunday, which was lovely. The sun was out, and uh, he got very sunburnt, which was funny, because he is the um, usually the king of sun cream. Ah. Anyway, we were getting the paddleboard set up, and he said, hey, Google, can I paddleboard from Barassi to Ailsa Craig which is this just big rock out in the middle of the the of Clyde, and of course Google just says here's what I found on the internet and it's obviously just a bunch of maps and stuff whereas I said go and chat there we go that's right on cue Google has started talking to me I said instead, go on Chat GPT and ask. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I paddleboard from a, a, to a to Z? And of course, within like a few seconds, it's written out this huge paragraph of all the information—an
0: actual response, detail, blah
1: blah blah, distance, yeah. a full response to the question. And suddenly, yeah, the the world's your oyster. You can do anything with this thing yeah. at the moment. And so the weird. Hold thing. on, hold on, hold on. The only concern I have, really, and I have seen this from a couple of people, is that. This idea of arguing that Armageddon is on the way because of AI is a way for the people who are calling for you know more regulation and more rules. It gives them essentially the decision-making power because they're the ones who have brought the problem to... The- the powers that be, and so they should be part of the solution. Is that a yeah. very cynical way of looking at it?
0: No, no, no. When the corporations are going, hey, we need—we did this already. When the corporations are like, hey, we need to like slow down and think about things for a second. It's—it's it's because they see an advantage to them in slowing down and thinking for it a. It
1: feels to me like Shell saying, hey, we need to find a way to uh, fix the so, oil yeah. and gas that's killing the planet. I know we'll do it. Yeah,
0: similar to like BP being the the the, the voice of like personal responsibility over your carbon footprint. Right? Right. Uh, sure. It's, it is similar, like when companies come out and be like,
1: "We're making the problem. Let's let let us make the solution." Though. Right. That being said, I can still see precisely where this is coming from because it's getting to the stage where, if there was some sort of whether it was a tech failure or I, we get to a world where, yeah, the, the thing that I'm not holding in my hand right now suddenly stops working and I have no way of doing really anything. That's a real problem. <laughs> how does yeah, how does society continue? And that's bad. We're at a point where yeah, this is essentially part of my DNA. Yeah, on, on my hand, almost constantly. That that
0: is we like. There is this idea that humanity has already changed that we are dependent on things already. I don't really mind the idea of humanity growing dependent on stuff we always have kind of, we grew dependent on agriculture, right? If agriculture just stopped working suddenly, we sure. would not survive. You know, we we always grow dependent on the new things that we're doing. So we might grow dependent on AI. Um, and so long as uh, that dependence is, is examined and understood over time, I'm sure we can deal with it healthily. Similarly to how some people are still dealing with dependence on phones and devices healthily, whereas others just... Uh, haven't learned that yet where they have addictions and stuff like that that's that's always going to be a case um whenever new technology is is, uh, developed um AI is is the scary part is the way it thinks and the way it might not be controlled by us or like they say there the way that bad actors could just use it to very creatively make things that we couldn't think of like the like a very like a, like a, how to change a disease to make it even more infectious like how to change a virus to make it a pandemic instead of a yeah, yeah, so yeah. there are it's just another tool that will help bad people do bad things but at the same time it's going to help the good the good people do the good things hopefully at the same rate i don't see why ai we should just we should assume it it will be more powerful as a malicious tool than as a tool for good i think it will be balanced just like any other technology has been and we will need to keep funding all of these programs to stay ahead of like the 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 malintent in the world that's that's the case forever but there are these scary things of, uh, we, we've all watched iRobot, we've all watched yep. the, the Terminator films, we've all seen these things and they are well, they are just, they're well thought through media examples of what we're going to be experiencing of how do we tell these artificial intelligences what to do in a way that we can guarantee they won't break the rules that we've thought of. And we can't. I can't see a way we can do that because they are going to be smarter than us. Yeah. But at the same time, things like chat GPT, uh, AI images, all of these little things that we can do for a bit of entertainment, that's fun. There, there's, going to be, there's going to be tons of new things that we can do, um, new experiences that we can have as humans that are going to be very interesting. Um, one of the more interesting things about – this is a complete tangent – one of the more interesting things about ChatGPT there, okay. um, and it is already becoming relevant, is that it is predictive text, basically. Okay. It's kind of like when you're predictive texting on your phone. You know, you just click the word, 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 word. Yep. It's just very smart version of that. You ask a question, and it, it is constantly predicting the next word that would be in the right answer. To your question until it's done. Okay. So sometimes it's just making things up. Sometimes it's predicting stuff that is, that seems smart to it, but is just fake. So be, there's been a case where a lawyer tried to use it to generate um, a, like s- something for a case, and it just referenced some fake cases in the past. It made up some. cases. Oh, I saw this. There's been yeah. instances of people submitting like um, essays and stuff, and the references are made up. So. Mm-hmm. Understanding the tool you're using matters. People don't seem to understand what the generative text is. It's predictive. It's not, it's not guaranteed to be real. So it will be the same for any other AI tool that comes out. The most important thing for us as individuals who are just not powerful enough to create the next global virus okay. is understanding the tools we're using.
1: Right, we could talk about more. I'm sure we will talk more about that. I could talk about this for a long time. I'm yes. sure we will. Okay, one final story before we move on. Uh, this one more to to mention rather than to get into real discussion about. This is the train disaster in India. Which has been suggested now that it was a signal fault which led to this crash. Which at the moment, uh, the tally of people who've died is at 275. Wow! And more than a th- more than 1,170 people injured. Uh, so still p- families searching for their loved ones. So essentially, what happened was there was a passenger train which collided with a stationary train it derailed, and then derailed carriages struck a second train passing in the opposite direction, uh, and they were doing speeds of around about 80 miles an hour. So pretty horrendous stuff, and the pictures are awful, as you can imagine. This, to me, though, James, is not the first time we have had a rail disaster in India, and they have something like a million miles of track, one of the biggest train networks in the world, millions of passengers using it daily, but clearly there's a lot of infrastructure when needs improving
0: i mean y- yes, like India very dependent on the trains them um, obviously trains excellent, very good idea for countries to have trains but better idea for countries to have trains that are well-maintained and rail networks that are well-maintained. Got to be continually investing and improving in those. And what we're seeing in India and other countries too is that older networks are not being maintained because it's kind of expensive and we need to balance the books, blah, 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 and disasters happen. Um, But like you're saying, this isn't the first. It's a big crash. There are crashes, not too often, but often enough. And I don't think... Much is going to change based off of this one. A few hundred people died; they can just assume that the next crash won't be for a while, right? And I, I doubt they will. We'll see a huge, a huge amount of investment. I hope we do though, um, and it, because India, it's people so dependent on the train network, they deserve to be safe when they're using that train network. Um, and just like any other country, the infrastructure that we have needs to be maintained. And I think globally we're seeing a little bit of a lack in that. Um, aside from obviously anywhere that's letting China pay for it all, which is a problem in a different way.
1: Okay, let's take a detour onto entertainment. James, have you watched anything? I feel like I finished something. I'll have a think. Have you watched the TV show that I've
0: watched? What one? Wait, hang on. Succession. I am watching the TV show that you have watched. So right. don't spoil what it. What episode you on? I will not. I, I'm i like halfway through final season, I think. Interesting.
1: Okay, well, let me tell you about Succession season four. For those of you who are unaware, this is the HBO drama, which is Games of thrones in in its storylines, its dynamics... And some of its dialogue is, well, just its dialogue flat out is phenomenal. Cast of characters, including Brian Cox as Logan Roy, who is the patriarch of the Roy family. He's basically Rupert Murdoch. He owns this massive news entertainment (laughs) conglomerate. And as you'd expect from a title called Succession, it's about which of his children is going to step up. And his children are Sarah Snook. Wonderful actress Jeremy Strong, absolute nutter, but excellent actor, and Kieran Culkin. Well, and so that is sorry. I should re. I should be kinder. He is a method actor uh, who does not know how to turn Kieran off. Also,
0: Cult- Kieran Culkin,
1: and also Kieran Culkin, who is amazing. Method. I like. Okay, so before you start your review,
0: the fact that that Strong is method acting for, um, I forget his name. Was character called? Uh Kendall, Kendall Roy. Kendall. The fact that. The strong as method acting for Kendall Roy blows my mind because Kendall Roy just seems like a dude. He
1: just, yep, absolutely.
0: Like he's an asshole, yes. That shouldn't take acting to be an asshole to the level that <laughs> he's an asshole. He's just a guy reading lines in a very simple accent. Like the acting is good. The, the succession acting is very good. There are subtleties to it that are great. Yep. But the fact that he's method acting for this means he is
1: bad. You're saying he's a good actor. He's bad. I could act this character. No, no, no. I I stand by the fact he's a good actor. I do. P- I could act this character. Particularly <laughs> when you see some of the the arcs of his character throughout the show, but particularly in season. Oh no, yeah, he's
0: good. He, I'm, I'm I'm being I'm exaggerating because because I, I would say the times where he's. Where his acting shines is when he isn't doing the normal responses okay. that a method actor would need, though. It's like the moments where he's like frozen yep. or the moments where he's like having to do something really subtle. And I don't see how you have to method act for that either. Wait, well, hold on. He's hold not on. playing a very complex character. Hold on. We
1: are skipping ahead. So this is the show. We are. <laughs> which is now it's done. The show is over. It is run for four seasons and it's finito. Yeah, And it's from the mind of Jesse Armstrong, who started off with Peep Show, I think was his first big break, and then this has yeah. been his brainchild, yes. uh, writer behind it all, and it's... Here's here's my opening gamut, James. Okay. This is my in my top three shows of all time. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, okay, yeah. And... If you were to ask me, would I want to re-watch Breaking Bad or rewatch Succession, I genuinely don't know which I would choose. That's how highly I think of the show. Yeah. That being said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I it is set. not a show for everyone. Because no. No, 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 it no, is no. very fast-paced, the dialogue is razor sharp, and if you're looking for Breaking Bad-esque levels of excitement, then... It's a different kind of excitement. Oh, it's, it's family drama. Right. It's just constant
0: family drama and business drama. If the words family drama and business drama <laughs> don't sound fun to you, then fifty-fifty. You might not like the show. So I, I
1: watched an interview with Jesse Armstrong, and he said people ask me all the time what genre is this show. Is it a comedy? Oh no, it's got it's got elements of comedy. Is it a drama? It's funny sometimes. No, it's it's got story. Do you know what it is? It's a tragedy. And he's so right. I mean, yeah. This show is yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. tragedy in... it's Yeah, it's horrible. ...every sense of the word. You're watching some of the worst people, the worst characters. These people who are... In the one, the zero point one percent that we talk about on this show and in, in week to week news, think, yeah, and watching them squabble and bicker and backstab each other and just be vile human beings, but actually, you really, really enjoy it. Yeah, the, yeah. That is down to some phenomenal writing and and character building throughout as well. So. Here's where I would... Because I want to avoid going into any spoilers whatsoever. Trying to spoil it, yeah. This show, I would really struggle to pick which season is my favourite because of the strengths of just how good each one was. Yep. But where the show ended, I thought could not have been written any better. It was a phenomenal ending. Because you, yeah. you know what it's like with a TV show you love. You want them to hit that final episode out the park. Right, and there's there's shows I can name you loads of them which haven't, which have yes massively missed the mark. Yes, this one was it was Chef's Kiss in terms okay. of the way it. it dealt with the stories that have been building, not just this season but over previous seasons as well, and how it culminated, how it ended. Just I am still thinking about the finale, and I watched it a week ago. Good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I like that kind of show. That is the mark of a phenomenal TV show. It's on Now TV if you want to watch it. And as I say, it's not for everybody, but if you're just going to watch one episode and stop, then no, give it a few episodes. Yeah. Get to know the characters. and yeah, then There's not you've... a good guy in this show. That's, the, that's one of the no, main things. There's people you like. Yeah. There's people you like, but there's, there's no one here like, oh yeah, he's a good guy. Nobody
0: deserves a win. They They're all deserve all... to be put in their place and actually just slammed yes. into misery. They are all terrible people, and yet I yeah, I love the show. But for those show. like the one time per episode where someone does something nice, you're like, "Oh, there's
1: hope." And then there, no, it's a lie. There's nope. no hope. <laughs> it's taken away. So yeah, if you're yet to watch <laughs> so, it, please yeah. give it a shot. Only four seasons, and uh, yeah, your brain does have to be on for this one. It's not just a uh, you know House of Dragon. Chuck it on in the background. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a concentrate. Let's let's watch the show kind of show but it's, yeah. I love it. It's so, so good. I will miss yeah. it sorely. Yeah, but
0: let me tell you, as soon as I heard that Jeremy Strong does method acting, I can't watch this show the same anymore. It has kind of spoiled
1: <laughs> it for me a little bit. I'm just that against the method. <laughs> I yeah, hate it it's, these days. It's such a crutch. So Brian Cox, who's the Scottish uh, acting legend, who plays uh, this, the oh, role of Logan Roy here. perfect man for the role. I Unbelievable. He then reacted to hearing about, yes... He was asked about Jeremy Strong's method acting and he basically was just like, The guy needs to just give himself a break. Just chill. It's not that much, it's not that big a deal. But yeah, he just he just has to go a place. He he gets into this mindset and he becomes this different person uh, yeah, uh, the yeah. entire time he's on set. I think
0: the only time I've ever seen Method and been like, Oh yeah, I kinda get that was Lincoln because I feel like He's to, ledger to Joker? No, no, I don't get it. I don't think he needed to method act that. I think it worked. I think method acting works. I think it's a crutch. I think it works, but I think it's a crutch, right? I think the only time I So Daniel
1: Day-Lewis doing these things just is is a crutch then.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a crutch that helps him produce a product, but I think it's a crutch. I think the only time it made sense was Lincoln because Lincoln isn't a complete asshole and maybe would have been workable. But I've heard stories from that set that make me cringe and I think method acting is cringe and bad <laughs> okay. and people
1: should not do it. Fair enough. Well, dear Lister, if you have watched <laughs> Succession, I would love to hear what you thought. Get in touch. See operator@gmail.com. Like I watched
0: I watched I watched I've watched
1: several Daniel Day-Lewis films
0: and the other ones I would have I would have quit the set if I was working with him, if he was method acting. For sure. I think it is just a tool that uses everyone around you in a in
1: a harmful way. Anyway, I could go on. You could, but wait, wait till you finish the season. I would love to hear your thoughts once you finished it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it won't be long, hopefully. Okay, James, you watched anything? Uh, I, I, I did finish a couple of things. None are too uh, mentionable, but I watched, a, I watched a show called Moriarty the Patriot. It's an anime, of course. Okay, uh, something to do with Sherlock Holmes. It is. It's just another Sherlock Holmes story, but this one's an anime, All and right. it was, it was, it was. The, 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 the biggest amount of cheese I've ever seen in a show. It was so cheesy and it was wonderful. Okay. By cheese, you mean like what the writing, the dialogue, puns, characters, everything, everything, everything. It was it was it was clearly just anime anime doing a Sherlock Holmes story. There's a little twist in that the main character is Moriarty, and the the main character then that Moriarty is like a family. There's a there's three of them, <laughs> uh, and. Uh, you kind of want to root for them. It is bad people doing bad things, but for good reasons, basically, is the show. Right. Um, anti-heroes. Anti-heroes, indeed. Um, so it's one of those, and it's, it's hyper-cheese. There's just constant levels of, of people who are clearly fans of Sherlock Holmes and the surrounding like, genre, mm-hmm. making a Like the the most cheesy story they could. I cringed, but I loved every moment of the cringe. Okay, Um, so not for everyone, but I wanted I wanted to cement that I finished it. It took me a while to finish because it just wasn't like gripping, but I enjoyed it every time I watched it. Um, Fair enough. But no, I just wanted to, I, like, I want to advertise. If anyone just likes the, the cheesiest of cheese and they like Sherlock Holmes, there's a, there's a show you haven't seen. Go. If you like the BBC Sherlock,
1: there's an actual good Sherlock Holmes show. <laughs> wow. Anyway, if you've watched a, a TV show like Succession or like Moriarty. <laughs> the Patriot. Uh, the Patriot. Then get in touch let us know what you thought. Share it with our audience so that they can go and watch and listen and enjoy. Uh, James, I want to chat about what Apple have unveiled Before we get to a trailer, this is the news that for the pricely sum of Mm $3,500, you can buy or you will be able to buy Apple's first augmented reality headset, which looks like ski goggles. So this is going to be called the Apple Vision Pro. According to this article Not it's the eye it's vision first... unbelievable I know right There
0: one time where
1: the eye would have been a fun punt <laughs> would have been, actually, yeah. Anyway, it's his first major hardware launch for almost a decade. Uh, Tim Cook, who's the chief exec, said the new headset seamlessly blends the real world and the virtual Mm -hmm. world. Right. Which is interesting. For three and a half grand and a two-hour battery life, you'd certainly hope so. Two and a half. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, the, obviously, considerably higher cost than Meta. They announced its Quest 3, its headset, for
0: $500 last week. But their headsets aren't... Augmented reality, right? Those are just—just just, gog- those are those are those are just like a headset. Yeah, and Apple also has virtual virtual reality. They've
1: also announced its autocorrect feature has now is going to stop changing the most common swear words to ducking. Oh, it's done that for for years. Cute, and users will now be able to disable that autocorrect. That's cute. Well done, Apple. You've
0: embraced maybe not hyper-sensibility, upper classiness.
1: Congrats, indeed. So, uh, James, any thoughts on the uh, the ski goggles? Nah, the ski goggles are cool. Okay,
0: right. I don't like Apple. I don't like corporations. Blah, That's blah, that, blah. I mean, three
1: and a half grand, though. I mean, come on. Yeah,
0: but that means that in like 10 years time, they're going to cost 200 and it's going to work just fine. <laughs> it's like we're a digital be, radio all We're over all going to own these someday in the future. Um, and we're going to own them, not for anything cool, but just so like when we're doing the dusting, we can have it track where we've dusted and we haven't, just in case we forget somewhere. Interesting. <laughs> you know, it's good. these things are going to become just... It's like I said, there's going to be reasons to have this that aren't like game changing and they definitely aren't as marketable as as whatever apple wants them to be advertising hey, but hey
1: have you done some dusting re- recently and you forgot yeah. where you haven't dusted buy our three and a half thousand pound goggles but no, like imagine <laughs>
0: like you're doing your dusting no i totally how get mean, it, I get it. Like, leaned, leaned down to get the angle at the shelf to see it in the sunlight to be like oh did i miss any spots
1: Yep. imagine if the goggles just showed you the spots you missed
0: that's the That's future. True. Isn't that great? That's true.
1: Or and like, on the back of that, Apple's market valuation reached just under $3 trillion. Ridiculous. $3 trillion. That's a record, by I the think way.
0: if you haven't really comprehended what a trillion is, what you should do is... <laughs> There's no hope for you. Type the number. Someone did this. Um, someone called Regful did a similar thing to this on the internet. Type the number, like, 100,000 on a WordPad, on a notebook. Okay. Type it, because you're copy-pasting. Right, And then copy-paste that enough times to make a block of a million so that your 100,000s make a million. And then copy-paste that chunk enough times to make a million into a billion. Right? And then copy-paste that chunk enough times to make a billion into a trillion. Into a trillion, oh. And then, like, delete five million somewhere, you know, in those chunks, and you won't be able to see is missing. Delete a billion somewhere in those chunks you won't see it's missing. If you like it, what those kinds of things, where you deliberately t- try to get a visualization of how much money this is, okay, melt your brain and melt my brain at least. Sure, but no, like yeah, no. Apple is good to see them innovating tech. Goggles are cool. There are going to be reasons to have them for people. I, I definitely is not worth three three hundred three three thousand right now. No way. Uh, but someday I might have a pair yeah. of something
1: similar, and it's going to be cool to have. Okay, some breaking news in the last half an hour: the PGA Golf Tour has agreed to merge with Live Golf. Which is right? Which is the Saudi-backed rival? Oh, so of course it is. This oh, is. I see. Oh, money. <laughs> just announced in the last few minutes, the PGA have are going to call merge. It? Not said yet. Uh, it comes after, of course, both parties have been embroiled in various lawsuits regarding antitrust claims, and this uh. deal is going to end all litigation. But
0: how is it? So Wait. that would
1: mean. That all the golfers, because if you remember this, this was the basically the Saudi enterprise which said, hey, all you famous golfers, we'll pay you loads of money, and nobody's going to watch your tournaments, but we'll pay you. Yeah. And some of them were like, yeah, sure, I'll do that for $20 million a, a tournament. Yeah. And then everyone else was like, no, I'm doing it for the love of the sport. I'm going to stay with the PGA, even though yeah, I yeah, get paid yeah. pennies and lots of people watch it. So this is the end of that money. Money and viewers. It talks. It sounds like a monopoly, Colin. Yeah, so it's going to be, uh, they've signed an agreement which would combine their commercial businesses and rights into a new, yet-to-be-named for-profit company. Wow. How
0: are they going to pay for that? Oh, wait, they just made oil scarce
1: again for fun. Yes, they did. <laughs> for funsies. Okay. Anyway, that's happening. Shall we talk about a trailer? Uh please. I
0: I, I, was, I was feeling good, and then we talked about the entire world being held hostage
1: to fake scarcity again. Yeah. Here's a show. I mean, it's kind of running the theme today. Black Mirror is back. Oh, no. (laughs) I'm not going to feel good. Nope. This is meant to be, James. (laughs) Season six has a trailer. Here's a clip.
0: The first question any platform is going to ask is, what's the hook?
1: First step is to recognize that you're not in control of this. Selma Hayek? Bingo. Right. This show from Charlie Brooker. Yeah. You said you said very optimistically. A British writer, satirist, director, comedian, all the things, p- presenter. He's just one of those talented people who just does everything. Uh once again, looks like they have raised the bar for the show. I certainly like the look of this. Actually, yeah. What did you think? Yeah, this looks promising.
0: It looks like there, there is a quality to it that maybe was missing from the previous right. season.
1: So what it looks like... Even the, even the trailers didn't look this good for the previous season. Sure. So what it looks like, if uh, those of you who are yet to dive into Black Mirror, yeah. is that it's an anthology. So rather than a, there being a running theme through the episodes, they're all just like self-contained stories. Mm-hmm. And in the last season, what I remember from the five or six episodes they did was that there were two that were really good and four which were just a bit meh. Yeah. Whereas this one, as you say, yeah, the quality looks excellent. There's some big, high-profile actors in there. Aaron Paul, I believe, is doing a lot of the heavy lifting with the astronaut episode. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm look, I'm optimistic because I've always enjoyed Black Mirror, even if... I feel like they're the indie band to who you brag that you liked them before they got big. And their new stuff is uh, better. I like them
0: before their Christmas special. Yeah,
1: well, once they did their their fourth album? That's where they, you know, they went. They sold out. They were commercial. They
0: once they once they went Netflix. They yeah they carpooled So out. so
1: to me, I know it sounds cliche, but the original Black Mirror when it was small scale Channel Four oh, yeah, stuff, like
0: the Channel Four stuff. Yeah, it was better.
1: Sensational in terms of the the era of TV from which it was published. Whereas now there are a lot of shows which have seen Black Mirror being inspired by Black Mirror and taken. Yeah, we've off seen it. this now. Yeah. so it's less genre bending and less groundbreaking that it would have been that being said if you chuck clearly they've chucked loads of money at it it's clearly a winner for netflix and if it's still got charlie brooker behind it then i'm optimistic i mean yeah netflix didn't cancel it after one season so <laughs> that is gonna be
0: doing well behind the scenes um but no it looks like they're branching out a little bit as well back into like horror vibe because i feel like the the Channel 4 stuff, there was the occasional scary episode, right? Yeah. And that's kind of been missing a little bit. And then this one, there looks like there's at least one that looks like it's sticking pretty heavy to a horror vibe, which is cool. I think they did a, one scary episode in season four, maybe. like the, Was there a gamer episode with a horror game or something like that? But yeah, I hope they kind of keep doing that, because I think the thing that makes Black Mirror interesting is when it is doing something that feels different, whereas... They kind of fell into a bit of a pattern and a routine with their the things they were scared of. It was just all technology all the time. Oh, technology's scary. Um, so hopefully, this next one, they, it looks like they're doing slightly new things, different things. Uh, and if they can keep that going, I'm interested. So long as they're doing new stuff, I'm interested. And it was really cool that they didn't make any during the pandemic. I thought I thought Charlie Brooker yeah deciding to just make some. Uh, uh, Philomena Kunk stuff for the pandemic was uh, was a was a good move. Good move. One produced something incredibly funny and good. And two, made us all not have existential horror and dread while we already had that for free anyway.
1: Okay, let's finish up with some quick fire news. Let's start with something we should have talked about last week and this was Stuart oh. Rhodes who was oh, yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. founder of the Oath Keepers, which, if you're unfamiliar, is the uh, far-right group who were part of the attack on the Capitol building on January 6th. He was convicted of seditious conspiracy and was sentenced to 18 years in prison, yep. which is the longest imposed on a January 6th defendant so far. Uh, in a speech, he called himself a political prisoner. Oh, yeah, for and sure, said, yeah. That he, uh, when he talked about regime change, he mm. meant that he hopes that President Trump will be reinstated in 2024 and then essentially uh, pardon him. Oh, mm-hmm. so that happened.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just good to see these people that deserve to be sentenced for things getting this, getting any sentences at all. To, sorry, to um, give the
1: judge the right reply, Judge uh, Amit Mehta said, You, sir, present an ongoing threat and a peril to this country, to the republic, and the very fabric of our democracy.
0: Yeah, okay, that's valid. That checks out. Um, and yep. they do, like these these, these leaders of these groups that 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 planned to actually just ignore the democratic process and try to do a little bit of a coup, a little bit of sedition. yep, they probably should be in jail for doing a little bit of sedition, you know? So hopefully the rest follow because the 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 the, the there have been more and more names coming out, getting their, getting their sentences, and there's still, yet, there's still some yet to go. So it's good to see every single one of them, and they all deserve it, and all their families that are, are asking for like sympathy for them, not deserved. These people knew what they were doing. They don't deserve
1: our sympathy just because they're going to jail for doing it. Yeah, Stuart Rhodes, at the centre of his case, was a recorded quote where he said his only regret about January 6th was that they didn't bring rifles. Ah, you see? Now, that sounds like a really upstanding and good citizen. It <laughs> does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay, let's talk about Boris Johnson. He's been back in the news for a couple of reasons, kicking off with the news that he is being investigated again oh. over possible rule-breaking during COVID. So this is the, uh, the latest furore, which centers on allegations that up to a dozen gatherings... <laughs> were held (gasps) at checkers. Now, this is a home or a a house which is used by ministers in office from Downing Street. So whether you're Home Secretary, Prime Minister, Chancellor, it seems like basically if you're in the club, you can go and use checkers. Yeah. And so there is new... uh, There's been... (laughs) messages images evidence passed on to police yeah and now diary absolutely we now have a list of alleged gatherings and people who were in them including many of mr johnson and his wife carrie's closest associates journalists advisors, spokespeople. Oh, but They were all business uh, Former meet- tennis business partners. Meetings, of course, they were t-
0: completely unsurprising.
1: Completely unsurprising, but also as you've highlighted there, this seemingly part of the evidence came from Mr. Johnson's own lawyers. Yeah. Oh yeah. They oh, yeah, were yeah, trolling yeah. through the former prime minister's diaries yeah. uh, in preparation for the forthcoming COVID inquiry. And now that was then passed on to Scotland Yard and yeah, they realised. Oh, we gotta hand this over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is a bit. Oh, we better hand this over. We'll get in trouble. And talking <laughs> of handing things over, there's been other furores this week because Boris has said he is going to hand over all his WhatsApp messages from, uh, I believe it's 2021, unredacted, to the government's That's the idea. COVID inquiry. So, the Cabinet Office. Had launched legal action to prevent the inquiry having these me- access to these messages. I think we spoke about that point. Yeah, and uh, I don't remember. The it. former prime minister has now said, uh, "Actually, you know what? I'm just going to go around you guys. Here's all my messages from 2021." The messages anyway. Yeah, and here's <laughs> the reason why. Sorry, I don't know if you saw this. Okay, this phone or the messages he's giving are only from spring 2021 because Johnson has said. Security advisors told him to permanently turn off his previous phone. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. When its security became compromised. Yes. So... He can't show us any WhatsApps from before spring 2021 because he's been told to keep his phone off. That phone's off. This is, is his phone going to explode? Like, what's the problem? You may here? not turn it back on. You're going to die if you do. That seems like a Technology. really <laughs> terrible excuse and one that doesn't hold up to me at all. I don't. Maybe I just don't get it. No,
0: no. Maybe he like threw it away. I don't know what he's trying to imply, but he's just he's just trying to get away with it. Um, I think he's the only reason Boris is volunteering anything is because he thinks it will do other people more harm than it will do to him. Oh, okay. There's no way he thinks any message is going to exonerate him. No, no, no. But he thinks other people have also been obviously breaching rules and messaging me about it, and then they'll be revealed too. This is a power play. Um,. That's all that's all my that's all my suspicion. Okay. Like I, he's not handing this over for good reasons. Uh, it's a move. And, There's always a move. And
1: on the point of the cabinet office who as are if he
0: hands it over, I don't believe him for starters. Okay,
1: sure. And as to your opinion on the cabinet office taking legal action against its own inquiry? <laughs> What's your take on that? Because essentially what they've said is, hey, hands off, you can't have this stuff because we don't want you to have it. So therefore, we're going to take you to court.
0: No, basically, basically, I think the idea is the inquiry is asking them for like messages, access to phones, all these things that you'd expect them to just be like, "Okay, here you go. All the official business, here it is. But because the Tories have been using their personal phones to do so much business and dealings lots of this stuff is on their personal phones all of these government related things so now they're, they they they're seeing an out for themselves they're seeing that if they can like pretend that their personal phones is their private property and blah 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 that they can just not hand it over that it isn't relevant to the inquiry enough to breach their privacy and they're just trying to worm their way out of handing it over there is no way If you have chosen to do government business on your personal phone, then you don't have your privacy anymore. That's just it. You made the mistake. You've got to hand it over. Otherwise, we could just have everyone using their personal phones and inquiries could never get anything.
1: The system wouldn't work anymore. (laughs) Yeah. We also had, sorry, one final story here. Rishi Sunak, who's expected to be part of the focus of this inquiry. (laughs) because of his eat-out-to-help-out scheme. What, Colin? Are you saying that it maybe wasn't good all along? I mean, you'd think that that would be the general consensus, but no, apparently, this is just uh, well, uh, b- being brought to light. So this has been described as a spectacularly stupid campaign, which was uh, from the <laughs> president of the British Medical oh, Association.
0: People died. I shouldn't it, laugh. People right. died. Constantly.
1: And he also criticized the dysfunctional way in which the government, including the Treasury under Sunak, overlooked scientific advice throughout the pandemic. So yeah. that is going to be brought up, I'm sure, in great here, here's, depth.
0: Here's one of the key parts over this one for me. Um, the It has been suggested and then not rejected by the relevant people that Sunak's scheme here didn't get vetted by even the health secretary. Really? He just decided economy needs this. We do this for economy reasons, and it didn't get checked by health reasons. It didn't. It didn't go through a health check. It was just like, "Oh, we need to save all these jobs in the economy. Let's just eat out to help out," and then people died. Um, so the idea is that Hancock didn't see this. Hancock's aides have been asked, and they haven't rejected that idea. And I think that not rejecting things generally means yes when it comes to the government. So that's my suspicion. That's what the that's what the suggestions are. Um, surely the inquiry finds. Like, he's an idiot, at least, you know? Like, we judge you, idiot. And then he gets fired for being an idiot.
1: I'm unsure that that would be a, a, a very scientific or <laughs> t- t- governmental way of dealing with the inquiry. We have decided that this, uh, this person is an idiot. End of inquiry. You are actually doofus. Classified.
0: <laughs> fud. Here's your label. Keep it. Put, okay. it on your, put it on your jacket. You may not take this label
1: off. Idiot. <laughs> One final story to talk about, and it's Turkey, because President Erdogan, after a runoff, has apparently yes secured his position as once again Turkish president. He's now going into his third decade Yay. in charge. After only uh, he had a tanking the entire currency <laughs> twice. Indeed, and, uh... he uh, beat his rival Kemal beat his rival Kamal dog Kithirdog- Deroglu. I mean, I I think honestly, drop the name, just say be his rival. Okay, (laughs) President Erdogan, be his rival. Thank you. (laughs) After an unprecedented, I'm going to keep that editing. Wow. After an unprecedented presidential runoff election, which uh, this article says reflected Turkey's stark and persistent political polarization. So the summary or the percentages is 52 to 48. What? So Erdogan did a Brexit. And he numbers. beats his rival by significant,
0: uh, significant amounts. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. A, a gap which was slender enough that raised some eyebrows. But even before the result was called, a triumphant Erdogan stood on top of a bus near his residence in Istanbul to once again sing a campaign song and pronounce victory. Yeah. So that's it. He's gonna stick around for another decade. You know
0: what? He's doing his populist thing, and usually populist things don't last for three entire elections. It's like two usually is the limit. So like, I, I, like maybe maybe the people that are suggesting there's election interference and all of that maybe they're right i've not really got enough experience you know in
1: turkish elections to know what's going on right there um, was a lot of congratulations not... done officially by the way just from you know us russia oh, britain naturally. france brazil e- egypt so mm-hmm, yeah clearly mm-hmm. people thought right this is the right thing to do yeah yeah so like he's going
0: to be president for the next whatever years um but he's oh, he's not doing he's not doing good he's harming the country it's a shame that they're voting for themselves to be harmed but We've seen that pattern in many countries worldwide. People just keep voting for the party that harms them because it also makes them angry at other people, and anger better than health, I guess. Um, but no, like the, the guy, like he's one of those leaders who who is trying to be a bit of a dictator. So we don't want to see these these results. But how do you make these results not happen? We can't. Commiserations.
1: Okay, and a couple stories from Russia-Ukraine as we end the episode. We have seen in the last few days, James, that fighters opposed to the Russian government in Moscow right. say that they captured Russian soldiers in Belgorod, near the border with Ukraine. Uh, this was—the okay. Russian army confirmed that a terrorist group had uh, seized some of their own soldiers. The Liberty of Russia Legion— Uh, which was met, but it seemed by a lot of kind of joyous celebration of, ha-ha, the Russians are capturing their own. Hooray. Right. But this was then followed up today with um, some bad news, which was this dam in southern Ukraine has been destroyed, unleashing a flood of waters. This is in the last hour. Ukraine's military and NATO have accused Russia of blowing up the dam in, oh, it's the Kakova hydroelectric power plant in Kherson. It's under Russian occupation, um, but it powers oh. a huge amount of the local area, and there are oh, huge amounts of local towns, villages which have been evacuated. Right. So we'll we'll see how extensive this flooding is.
0: I mean that's just evil. <laughs> like so yeah the, like it's the same it's the same russia ukraine the same as it has been for so long there's there's stories swinging in either direction i saw that Zelensky saying he's ready to like ukraine's ready to start the counter-offensive and stuff like that but yeah lots of people die in counter-offensives um i hope it goes well you know and the people don't just throw themselves into the meat grinder for no reason at all yeah it's it's just constant depression i'm just like it's, it's crazy what's happening. It can't end soon enough. Yeah. My goodness.
1: Well, it's the rea- reality is it's not going to. This is going to be going on for. I'm I'm convinced. No. years. Especially since it's a
0: Russia-U.S. proxy war, it could drag on for the rest of our lives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We did have the the, the, the new Chinese army secretary say that you know war with the U.S. would be a, a terrible, terrible thing, and let's please not do it. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was very measured. It is. And it's the same as usual. Like this war, a proxy
0: war like this is going to help America's economy because they just pump money into themselves to make weapons and sell, you know, great. Good for them. There
1: there will be, though, I'm sure a reckoning when it comes to to bring this episode to a close. The 2024 US election, who this week, by the way, we saw Mike Pence. Oh, yeah. uh, Mike Pence is officially running for president. He's in it. He is in the race, but we did see with Ron DeSantis last week, he was asked about what would he do if he was elected president with the Russia-Ukraine uh, conflict, and his answer was, well, what we need to talk about is the genderization of the military. <laughs> so to me, it shows that there is clearly oh, part of American politics which does think, actually, I'm not really sure we should get be getting involved, so uh, let's just back off and let Russia do their thing.
0: Lots of people say, there's people on all sides of politics that say we should back off and let wars just go fast so that the least people die and occupation, who cares, blah, blah, blah. There's yeah people who think that we should stop trading, make peace talks. There's all sorts of things. I think, I don't think there's any hope for America to stop being... Uh, hyper-focused on their military and industry. I think that's just, sure. they're doomed forever until there's system systematic change, like fundamental to the core change of the states. I think Republicans and Democrats are both going to be pro-war forever. Um, the answers that we're seeing, DeSantis just doesn't know how to answer, so he's trying to make the war another culture war. He's trying to make a literal war exclusively a culture war. Like... like hmm. Like, the military is a problem. It's not masculine enough. Let's make that a problem, you know? Because that's all he knows, is how to make things into the, the a target on the woke. The woke are the evil ones, not Russia, you know? So, I don't know. The, the, the primary for the Republican candidate is going to be insane. It already has been insane. It will continue to be. But unlike previous runs where it's funny, every time I'm laughing, I say unlike. For my entire life, Every time I'm laughing at these things, it's like a more hollow laugh every every one because it's sure. we're just looping the same things over and over again, and I know that we're gonna keep looping these things. I've known forever that f- we're gonna be looping these things until we die. But each loop is just less funny. Circling the drain. We really are as a as a as the whole world. We're just we're we're, we're, we're we do have an orbit. We literally are circling. And in this case, we've got a metaphorical one, too.
1: Oh. Okay, well, what a a place to end the show. And what a way to end our final episode from the cupboard. Closet. Oh. Do you want to
0: walk out of the closet? While talking, we'll say they say the goodbye while stepping out of the closet. That's
1: a great idea. Okay, well, dear listener, thank you once again for listening to this show. I'm yeah, going to pull you. back the door of the cupboard as I do this mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. welcome you to a new era of wow. cease operate so from an actual house. But, um, it's going to be so different. It's the same old host, same old chat, okay. same old... Ch- okay, it's going to be no different at all. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> yeah, It'll be exactly the same, and probably the audio will not change a bit. Yeah. So you won't notice anyway. Shouldn't have even told you. Okay, well, James, I'm going to uh, I'm going to exit the cupboard. So, um, or the closet. Bye, Colin. I'm leaving the closet. Thank you very much. Bye. And uh, thank you, everybody. See you later. We'll we'll see you. Okay. Um, on the other side. Oh, that was good. Bye, bye, bye. I'm more gay now. Oh
0: dear.